The first reading today is from Isaiah, chapter 52, and you can find that in the Old Testament on page 740. Isaiah 52, verses 7 to 10. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. Together they shout for joy. When the Lord returns to Zion, they will see it with their own eyes. Burst into songs of joy together, you ruins of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. And the second reading is in the Gospel of Luke, which is in the New Testament on page 1026. And we start to read at verse 1. Luke chapter 2, verse 1 to 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts 
appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Through the written word and the spoken word, Lord, may we know your living word today. Amen. Good morning. Uh, happy Christmas. It's been said many times, but happy Christmas. Um, for those who don't know me, my name is Matt. Um, perhaps you're visiting this morning. Um, I should start out by saying that um, when Esther asked whether I'd preach on Christmas morning, Admittedly, my first thought was actually whether I could do it in my pyjamas, because that is usually how I spend Christmas morning. Um, Realised it was a slightly smarter affair. Um, my second thought was actually what my, my younger brother summed up better in text later that day, which was, isn't that like the Super Bowl of preaching? <laughs> the Super Bowl of preaching. Um, for those who don't know what the Super Bowl is, is there a... Yeah, there we go. For all those Americans in the audience. One of you. Um, it's the biggest sporting event in the US each year. It's American football, sorry, I should say. Uh, it's the most valuable sporting event in the world. Um, and today is pretty important in uh, the Christian calendar as well, the birth of Jesus. It's an important day. The, the Super Bowl is watched by more than, well, it's more than just football, actually. It's watched by more than 100 million people. More people watch the halftime show than the actual game, which in my mind just goes to show how boring American football is. Um, and of course, there are sponsors. Uh, a 30-second ad on CBS um, costs you $5 million. Um, and we know how many ad breaks there are on American TV. So for my sermon today, to be a true Super Bowl sermon, I thought I'd employ some similar tactics. Um, I can't do a big halftime show in what is effectively a 10-minute sermon. Um, but I have managed to get some sponsors. Here they are. Joyce and Slater, you can count on us. They're a, a local accounting firm. They're sponsoring me today. Um, the next one, Tonic Co. Uh, when life gives you lemons, they are actually a national communion wine supplier of the year. And lastly, the worldly sloth. 
really good gastro pub nearby. Um, I won't tell you how much, how much they sponsored me, but it is pretty insignificant. Um, I, am, I am pretty cheap, actually. So modern day, modern day commercial realities out of the way. The sermon, the sermon, Christmas Day. We all, know, we all know the story now, don't we? We've heard it for weeks. We've watched school nativities. We've watched the nativity on BBC. We've seen nativity, the film, <coughs> nativity two. Um, it's easy, it's really easy to see. <coughs> Sorry, let me just find a water. <laughs> this is my Gruffalo bottle. <coughs> Better. Um, it's easy to see the birth of Jesus as just that, a story, a story that is repeated at Christmas with dim candle evenings and warm mince pies and wine and festive cheer. And don't get me wrong, I'm not going all sort of Grinch, but when the birth of our Savior, as we believe as Christians, is packaged up in such a way we can forget, or at least we can overlook some of the really great details that are found in the account of Jesus' birth that we read in Luke just now. So today, I wanted to cover very briefly three pieces of good news, three pieces of good news that come from Jesus' coming to earth as a baby at Christmas. So the first piece of good news, if you do want to look at the reading, it's on page 1027, and I'll point out the verses, but the first piece of good news of Jesus coming to earth at Christmas is that he fades fears, he takes our fears away. So in verse 10 it says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. What are the angels, what are the shepherds afraid of? Angels in the Bible never really appear as cute, chubby little infants. Um, Closer towards Max, but maybe not even that. They are always full-grown adults. And for most accounts in the Bible of people meeting angels, their typical response is to fall flat on their faces in fear and awe. These beings are impressive. And in the book of Daniel, he saw an angel with arms and legs like polished metal and precious stones and a face like lightning. Have it up there. (laughs) Bit less, perhaps a bit more dramatic than Harry Potter. Um, We go on to the next slide. Um, And the angel at the tomb that was seen, it was dazzling light. So we can see why the shepherds might have been scared. So do not be afraid applies to the shepherds right then and there. Do not be afraid of us. But also, we can read it as something greater, can't we? We can read it as, do not be afraid, because I am coming to tell you about someone being born who will take away all your fears. Now, if you were a shepherd at the time, you probably had fear of wild animals and bandits and Roman soldiers harassing you and and even death. And today, we have other fears. We have a fear of failure, perhaps, health fears. We have maybe fears around sharing our faith. But if you remember the storm on the sea at Galilee, Jesus in the boat asleep. And in Matthew's account of that event, the word that Matthew uses for storm, he uses two other times, at Jesus' death and at Jesus' resurrection. So three great shake-ups of Jesus, defeating sin on the cross, defeating death at the tomb, and defeating fear on the sea. So Jesus is coming to earth at Christmas, the first piece of good news that through faith in him, our fears will just fade away. Do not be afraid, they say. Now the second piece of good news, Jesus is coming to earth at Christmas, is that he unites people. In verse 10, it says, for all the people. 
Shepherding is one of the oldest professions in the world. In the Garden of Eden, Adam looked after the animal kingdom. Abel is called a keeper of the sheep, which is a posh name for shepherd. Um, and throughout biblical history, significant men were experienced shepherds. Jacob and his sons, Moses, David. But there was a downside to being a shepherd. The sheep needed constant protection. Shepherds spent most of their time in the fields, away from society. They had zero influence on anybody to speak of. In fact, in the nativity story, they hear from the angels, they go, they meet Jesus, and then they go back to work. And we don't hear of the shepherds going on to spread the news, become disciples, or anything like that. If you were the PR manager in charge of telling people about Jesus coming to earth, like we saw in that video, who would you pick to be the figurehead of your campaign, the person to spread the news? I can just imagine a junior PR exec coming to you and saying, boss, boss, we've got it, there are a group of shepherds on the hills. It's not the most appropriate group of people, is it, to be sharing the news of Jesus, you think? And then maybe put that guy on tea duty. But this is a message crafted by God, as we saw in that video, and not by humans. This message, this Messiah, Jesus, is for all people, the lowliest in society as well as the powerful. And the shepherds might not have gone on to spread the news, become disciples. It doesn't matter. It was a personal message to them from God, and they were chosen that night to see Jesus, and it was recorded. And it was recorded in the Bible so that we can also know that personal welcome from God. So Galatians 3, verse 28, sums it up perfectly, doesn't it? It says, There is now no distinction, neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is not male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. I'll read that again. There is now no distinction, neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is not male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Jesus coming to earth at Christmas, the second piece of good news, that he comes for all people. So he comes and our fears will fade, and he comes for all people. And thirdly, Jesus coming to earth at Christmas, what does he do? He comes to bring salvation. So in verse 11, it says, He is the Messiah, the Lord. For many hundreds of years, the Jewish people have been promised the Messiah, the one who would come to save them, whom God had promised. And there were prophecies that this person would be a descendant of Abraham and of King David. Jesus was and is the fulfillment. No more waiting. The proclamation of angels the rejoicing of shepherds, the worshipping of wise men, all declare what we read in verse 11. A saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. In John chapter 3, verse 17, sums up what this all means for us. Good news, the saviour is born. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus is coming to earth at Christmas, a third piece of good news that he comes to save us. So he comes and our fears are going to fade away. He comes for all people and he comes to save us. So at the start of the sermon, I mentioned the Super Bowl. It, like Christmas, is just a day. It gets a huge amount of attention, media and sponsorship, and then it's over. And we look forward to the next one. Isn't Jesus' birth greater than that? 
the days after Jesus' birth, when the shepherds go back to the fields, and Mary and Joseph are settling into parenthood, nighttime feeds and shopping for an appropriate car, donkey seat. When for us there's time to breathe and all our presents are given and we've seen all our family, then do we see the real miracle of Christmas. It's not the virgin birth or the singing angels or the songs of heavenly hosts. The miracle of Christmas is God now seen in a human face. The word of God now spoken by a human tongue and heavenly healing given by human hands. Jesus comes to us all. He takes away our fears and he offers us salvation. Jesus, next slide, and again. Jesus is joy to, it's clever this, the world. Who knew? Anyway, let's pray. Lord God, we gave you humanity and you gave us divinity. I thank you for the gift of your son at Christmas and pray that this joy will flow through us all this year. Lord, be born in our hearts today and evermore. Amen.